Welcome to the Polaris PT Podcast. Join us as we dive into all aspects of health and wellness, from physical and mental to relationships and spirituality with leading experts and luminaries from a broad spectrum of specializations. I'm your host, Dr. Brig Woods, performance physical therapist and owner of Polaris PT and Wellness. On the podcast today, I have Renee Nashi-Patino, the MILF, Mamas Into Lifting and Fitness. This mama of two is a co-founder of Build Body Fitness with her husband located in Gilbert, Arizona. She is a certified personal trainer specializing in functional fitness, realistic nutrition, and pre-postnatal health. After two C-sections, she has been able to fully recover through strength training and indoor rhythm cycling classes. Renee's goal is to help mamas build confidence as they build muscle while being mindful of their busy lives. All right. Renee. Thanks for coming in. Thank, thanks so, for having me. Yeah, and you know what? I'm glad that we have, if you guys can hear, you might hear some sweet little cooing in the background. It may turn into a tantrum at some point. No idea. But it is Renee's cute little daughter that is here. What's her name? Her name's Malia. Malia. She's got, she's got big energy. We joke that her name is Chaos because she is just pure chaos, but she's adorable, so we forgive her. That's what that's what kids are. They are chaos. I was like, our kid is, our little guy's 15 months old. I'm like, dude, you had no, other than the fact that you're adorable and you give great hugs, you add no, like really like, you don't produce anything. <laughs> you just take, but yet somehow I love you and I'll do anything for you. You never know true love until, you know, you're changing a diaper, you're covered in vomit, you're still, you still love the heck out of them. Right? Yeah. Especially when like the, uh, they just poop everywhere like they have a blowout right oh my gosh yeah i'm i'm okay being past that stage right she's she's about 12 oh she's almost a year she'll be a year in a couple weeks so oh right on yeah right on so okay so i was looking at and i obviously know your name i know your name's renee (laughs) but i have tried to figure out for the longest time if that was like all one big last name or what can you say it again? <laughs> so my full name is Renee, middle name Ayako, last name Neshi hyphen Patino. So Ayako Neshi, um, that is my maiden name. Okay. And do you speak? So that's, ob- I mean. Oh, I'm Japanese. That's I'm obviously Japanese. Japanese. Yeah. Do you speak Japanese? <laughs> oh, oh gosh, no. So I thought it'd be so cool to learn, but for some reason, my grandma, which we called her mama, she was very vain. We love her. Um, she did not want us. Well, she just wanted to say the offensive, funny stuff that I can't repeat in public because it made her laugh. But, you know, it's really funny. So wait, are you do your parents speak Japanese? No. (laughs) So are both are both parents Japanese? That's a valid question. So my mom is Yeroma. She's a little bit of everything that is Caucasian. And then my dad is half Japanese. Gotcha. Half German. Gotcha. Okay. so I'll maintain like the name. I'll eat the food. But when it comes to everything else, uh. No, I, it's I all, probably should look more into no, it. No, you know, look, <laughs> hey, look, my look, my family, it's criminal. My grandfather was first generation born in America um, from France. And when they came over, it was just a different kind of different time, different attitude. But they came over and I'm I'm going to do it anyway. It's terrible. My wife is going to roll her eyes and cringe. But like they came to America and they're like, his name's Pierre. And his parents were like, Pierre, we are American. We do not speak French. We speak English. <laughs> Like, and they only spoke English to their kids. And so my grandfather, his name's Pierre, he went by Pete mm-hmm. and does not, I mean, could not speak a word of French. And then my parents both speak French for some odd reason, hmm. but none of us got any level of French skills. So 
It's it's hard. And to be honest, like in the States, it's not like many people really speak Japanese. So no. in our house, we practice Spanish more. Yeah. But, you know, a language, a language. Does does Luis speak Spanish? Yep, Luis. Um, so my husband, Luis, who I run Build Body Fitness with, he's from Venezuela. Oh, um, I didn't know you were from Venezuela. Yeah. Oh, right yeah, he's, on, bro. He's, a, he's my spicy Spicy man. Is Venezuela spicy though? <laughs> he is spicy. He's spicy, I know, but I don't think a Venezuelan <laughs> food is spicy. Just the way he makes it. Good for you guys getting out of Venezuela, the family getting out of Venezuela. Yeah, so we, we're, I'm learning Spanish and then we've been practicing it a little bit with Malia. And then I also have a five-year-old who's learning Spanish in school. So awesome. we speak, you know, probably duolingo level but yeah. it's there it's there no it's awesome i honestly i think it's so i'm i was bilingual i'm kind of like kind of by bi, i'm kind of lingual I'm like half lingual uh yeah speaking english barely uh but also korean right which is for oh, me wow. is totally worthless in the united states unless i was living in la which i used to speak it all the time in la but here arizona no no not really a thing anymore so my Korean language has kind of gone by the wayside. I can still get by. I can still do what I need to do. And Koreans are easily impressed. They really are. If a, if a, if a big old white dude is like, hey, annyeonghaseyo, like says hello to him, they're like, <gasps> like literally they get, they go, oh, which means you speak Korean really well. Like I'm like, I just said hello, but. As someone who doesn't know better, I'm pretty impressed by your accent. That yeah, was pretty good. But they all sound like it's <laughs> Japanese people and, and, and Korean people, and they sound angry when they speak a lot of the time. That, the, guy, the men do. I was going to say, my, my grandma did have moments where, you know, when she spoke Japanese, I was like, oh, no. Am I in trouble? Am I in trouble? Joe Coy, if you haven't listened to Joe Coy. Oh, my gosh. He does a whole bit about how the only way you can really tell what group somebody's from in Asia is if they speak English with an accent. Yeah. Right. You have to, yeah. hear, you have to hear him speak. So, well, no, that's awesome. Uh, and yeah, Japanese Spanish just get you further here in Arizona. It's something, it's something we're all about. Try to grow in some way. Well, right. That's, but that's, that's kind of the whole journey of fitness though. Right. I mean, yes, it's like, there's a whole side of it. That's just purely pure vanity for a of lot course. of, for, for some people. Right. Um, but that idea about growing, I mean, and that's, I think that's what you guys is. So you guys, you have, Kind of a joint brand, right? Which you said was mm -hmm. Build Better. So we are Build Body Fitness. Build Body Fitness. Okay. And the idea is we want to help you build a body, not so much like a bodybuilder, right. but better help you with your overall body mechanics to where you live a better quality of life. Like right. you don't have to look fit, but we want to make sure like you feel good, you move better. So our whole mantra is move well, lift heavy and whatever that heavy means. Right. So there's this dude, oh, uh, coach, is it coach Goodman? Oh my gosh. He's, we were just talking about him. Were you guys just talking about coach Goodman? Um, he just posted something. Oh, it's coach Goodman. He just posted something the other day that I was like, yes. Like I thought it was super interesting about, oh, I'd love to be shredded dot, dot, dot. Right. Like, and mm -hmm. you just said like, yeah, we're helping you build better, right? Not necessarily if you want to be crazy shredded, then yes. But, like, that's not the that's, that's not, not your, the goal. That's not your goal, right? But he goes, like, so he's like, I love you shredded, but I'm not willing to do the extreme things it would take to get there and stay there. He's like, so I wish more people, and this guy's a great trainer, right? Like, he's like, I wish more people understood the extreme cost of getting lean and shredded. And he goes on, he's like, if you're, like, he said, most people who work in fitness do this because they love 
right? As a lifestyle. He said, but he goes, there's a cost, right? He goes, many people who work in fitness understand that cost. And have either decided that the cost is worth paying or not worth paying based off how they want to live their life. That's all there is to it. So he was just like, look, it's some of the best. And he, that's what he even said. He goes, some of the best people in the industry are not shredded. He's like, but they've decided the cost of what it's going to take. Like, they're like, I want to eat key lime pie. Like, that's his thing. He's like, I want to eat key lime pie. I'm not worth It's not worth it to me. Exactly. We talk about that a lot with our clients about understanding effort versus expectations. And yeah. when it comes to like, okay, if you want to have that 12% body fat, this is where you have to be. This is where you are. Like, are you willing to make those changes in your life? And if you're not, like, how can we adjust your goal to where you still feel good? We're helping you move well, but there's creating realistic expectations. And it's so hard on social media. I think it's getting better, but you see ish, <laughs> it's getting better ish. You see a lot of people well, I think, like, I think the pendulum is swinging the other way and too far. Yeah. Yes. Maybe it's also, I've also curated to where I have like my bubble of right. realistic. So, right. And, and you know, so you've got the people who are like, this is unrealistic. They're magazine, they're magazine and show ready at all times. There are those people and I know some of them and they're, they're psychos. Like they're absolutely, that's a different mindset, different absolute circus. lunatics. Right. But then I feel like we've had that for so long as sort of the ideal in fitness that now we're seeing the exact opposite way where in the name of body positivity mm -hmm. we are moving to celebrating unhealthy lifestyles and obesity and it's it's hard because it's people want to go to the extremes yep and yeah. there's as weird as it sounds there's beauty in the gray area it is possible absolutely yeah. to love your body and to see it as see it as a temple but still want better for it 100 percent so that's where I've really worked on the balance of creating, I call myself the MILF, creating mamas into lifting and fitness of yeah. how can you love your body, treat your body in a loving way, but still want more for it. Yeah. And it's crazy just seeing people's relationship with food, with fitness, with their overall, you know, there's a lot of dysmorphic thoughts yeah. of, okay, how can we find that balance of exercise should never be a punishment. Food shouldn't be a punishment. Right. Um, I see it as it should be a celebration of what your body is capable of doing. And right. I'll be honest, that's not the most, you know, exciting caption compared to like all bodies are perfect or get a six pack in, you know, five, five minutes. It's no, no it's one not, wants the boring not, area. And, and it's not possible. Like, you know, like I've said it before, I'm that guy who's like, wait, I've eaten, I've eaten chicken and rice for five days. Where's my six pack? Right. But I had one salad. Right. And what's interesting is I was looking online one time, um, because I obviously don't have calipers, right? I don't have an in-body in my house. I don't have a hydrostatic weighing, and I don't have a bod pod. Crazy, you don't? So, no, wow. I don't have any of that stuff, right? Slacker. <laughs> and if any of you don't know what that stuff is, that's all stuff to measure body fat. And some of it is is accurate, and some of it's not accurate, but sometimes it's all you have, right? So I was trying to like figure out where I was at. So I like looked up pictures. I was like, all right, f male... 20% body fat. Oh no. Oh, have you, have you ever done this? Oh no, I have. Oh yeah. I have. <laughs> but I was like looking at it. I'm like male 15% body fat, male 10%. Right. And I'm like, wait a second. Cause there was a point in my life. Uh, I'm not there right now. I'm 40 as opposed to being 29. When I was 29 years old, I thought I was busier than I ever was. Didn't have time to do anything. And as I look back, I'm like, that's all I did. I was in grad school. I just studied and, and exercised. Right. 
and we had hydrostatic weighing at the USC exercise phys lab. And so we, that was part of our exercise phys class. We had to learn how to do all these different methods. Anyway, long story short, got into the hydrostatic wank. I was at 10 and a half percent body fat. It was like the best I've ever been in my life. Wow. Yeah, it was fan freaking tastic. But what's interesting is I look back at those pictures and that's what's crazy is right. Like it's also about where you're carrying it and how it all look, right? How it looks. So I was looking at these pictures of like 10 and a half percent body fat and I was seeing pictures of dudes who I would expect to see on the cover of men's health. And I go back and look at my pictures from when I was 10 and a half percent body fat. And I was like, that looks more like 15. <laughs> Isn't it? I think body composition is so fascinating. Like even the breakdown of in bodies. Cause I, I do find, I do like using those, but it's like, technically if is I it, take my weight right now, not to give you the numbers, I would be considered like obese for my height and my weight. And that doesn't make any sense. Cause it's like, okay, well, where are you carrying it? How oh, is your B, muscle? Oh, and, well, the BMI is garbage. <laughs> the BMI is garbage. I'm, no, I, I agree. I, this, it's is a, the, this is the hill I'll die on. I don't care. Like it's, it's a, important to share. It's a, it's a, it's a look at the time. It's the best they had. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, those of you that are into the bodybuilding world, like you take a guy like Sebum, right? The Sebum. Yeah. He's, he's obese according to BMI. According to BMI. You ha- you're not considering the other factors. Arnold Schwarzenegger is obese, right? Like, no, they're not. They're radically large humans with lots of muscle. And if you're only going off of height and weight, then yes, that's a problem. But like, I'll tell you right now, like I'm too, I don't know. You might believe it. You might not. You might be like, Oh, I thought you were more, but I'm two fifty. Right now. And a lot of people, they will go, no, you know that, but put you like 230, 225, but right. Body composition, body composition. It surprised you even just realizing like where people's visceral fat is. I can't be like, wow, you probably have a high visceral fat. There's, it's really hard to just tell composition by staring at someone. hundred percent. Well, which is really interesting too. Um, which is really, I think you just touched on what's really, and a lot of people think that people think that we care about obesity because it's not pretty or it's not attractive, right? And that's really not, at least for me, and I think for a lot of trainers and other people out there, yes, there is a certain level of attractiveness and there is a certain level of subjective standard that we have agreed upon as a society, right, as a standard. Mm -hmm. But more important than that, you talked about visceral fat. Yep, that's a hidden one people don't think about. Which is huge though, And, and that is a huge indicator of health. And that is one I would challenge people like look up and see what visceral fat looks like compared uh, like next to a heart with high visceral fat versus not like that's a lot of pressure on the organs. And I, I completely agree. Like it's I didn't get into the business to, you know, fight obesity. No. I think it's a factor to be considered. That being said, like Luis and I were very adamant, like we are not weight loss coaches. No, you, you might have some weight loss with us, but our main focus is how do we make you feel better? If you happen to lose weight, that is awesome. But yep. too often times we've noticed when people are only focused on the number on the scale, they will do some really drastic measures that I have big feelings about. And it, it makes sense. We want that instant gratification, but you lose sight of the big stuff where it's like we've had to shift focus to what are your non-scale victories to where like technically I think it's considered body neutral body neutrality someone can correct me if I'm wrong I don't know tell me what that Um, is I don't don't know where instead of focusing on the extreme of like I'm positive about my body it's having the neutral feeling of like I'm grateful for my body but I want it to feel good yep so 
like I said, I, I enjoy the gray area just because there's truth. There's truth. Oh, okay. Yeah. So body neutrality is a middle of the road approach between body positivity and body negativity. Yeah. As the term suggests, it's neither loving nor hating your body. It's based on the notion of acceptance and having respect for one's body rather than love. Just, it is what it is. So what's yeah. interesting, the, and I think I may have mentioned him, recency bias, right? This guy's on my mind because A, um, he's a friend and I just recently saw him. Um, have you ever heard of Garage Gym Athlete? I haven't. I Gra feel like I should. GarageGymAthlete.com. Or end of three fitness. No, but I got to look him up now. Yeah, yeah, no. So the guy who started those, a guy named Jared Moon, dude is legit. Um, what was I get? Oh, yeah. So he's actually one of my uh, one of my business mentors as well. But Jared talks about um, we go through this whole air different areas of our life, and really, there's only one question: Are you content or are you complacent oh ooh, that's good right and content doesn't mean that there's not work to do or there's not maybe room for improvement mm -hmm. but as of this moment I'm okay with where I'm at right now like I'm, I'm fine with it and it doesn't and I'm putting some effort into it right and but that doesn't mean, but, but right now it's, it's okay. Right. It was kind of what this body neutrality thing. Now complacent is like, Hey, I'm not doing anything about it. I've let it get away from me, whatever. Right. And then, then the, then the exercise goes, Hey, if you put a little bit of effort into this thing every day over the next five years, what does that look like? And if you do nothing, what is that going to look like? That's a huge thing is thinking of that, that long-term goal. Like one of my nutrition clients, in the very beginning, she thought I was absolutely crazy because I'm like, okay, we're gonna. I want to see what you're eating, and let's start with just you know, get in at least one serving of fruit, one serving of veggies. Yeah. She's like, really? Like, what? What if I cut out dairy? I want to cut out this. Like, I mean, you could. You're you're gonna be miserable. Or let's try this approach of get really good at this one thing, see the difference it makes over a long term of time. Like, yes, I know you tried this crazy diet months ago and it worked for you, but did it actually work? Like. If you're coming back to it, if all the weight came back, if the inflammation, quote, yeah. inflammation came back. Right. Like, let's try this approach of get really good at this one thing and then see how it feels long term. It's like the guy's like, I've quit smoking 10 times. I can do it again. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. Bless your heart. You didn't, uh, newsflash, bro. You didn't quit. You just stopped for, for an extended period of time. If you quit, you wouldn't be smoking, right? It's, it's a weird concept. It's an all or nothing approach. Yeah. It's hard. Well, so... Uh, she, gosh, she was like one of our first three or four, Kristen Randall. So she does, uh, I forgot, gosh dang it. Um, what is her lack of sleep and Adderall, get on board. Um, anyway, Kristen Randall, she does DNA testing around nutrition. So she has all, she's developed a whole series of markers and she has a lab that if you have, if you've already done like ancestry.com or 23andMe, you can send her your, your profile and she can build your profile off of that. Otherwise she'll send you a thing and, and you do the swab and the whole thing. And it, she'll go through and according to your DNA, tell you like, what is, what your body, how your body responds to certain things. Um, so I did it with her and it was interesting. I was like, I need you to tell me exactly what I'm supposed to eat. She's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, no, 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 no. I need you to tell me how many calories, right? Break it all down. Tell me what to eat. She's like, I'm not going to do that. She goes, what you need, what I want for you is she goes, I want you to have a protein. Doesn't necessarily have to be an animal protein, but I want you to have a protein. I want you to have a whole grain. I want you to have vegetable and I want you. 
and 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 some some fruit maybe. But she's like, you need to have at least whole grain, protein, vegetable. She's she's my favorite already. Oh my gosh. She's like, outside of that, I don't really care. <laughs> she was like, she's like, obviously limit like your yeah. sugar and stuff. But she's like, I'm not gonna tell you what to eat. I'm just gonna tell you they need to have that on your plate. That is a big red flag. If I want anyone to listen, big red flag is someone is a nutritionist and they give you a very, very exact meal plan, but don't really know anything about your health history. Like that is a big red flag. You got to watch out, especially because there's so many cookie cutters. It doesn't take into consideration once they start saying this is inflammatory, this is inflammatory, but it's like, I don't know what your body is. So I love that she took that approach of, hey, let's learn your body. Let's start with this. Because I guarantee you, if I wrote you a meal plan right now, it would either be something you don't like or you'd have to go out and buy a bunch of stuff or it's like, hey, let's see where you are. Let's build you from where you stand. Yeah. So I'd rather create that that strong that strong foundation than build upon like one that's crackled yeah. and broken. So she's yeah she's based out of uh, she's based out of Utah. So if you she does everything like virtually, but if something you have interest in, be, I, it's kind of wild. You might, I'm gonna you pick gotta, her brain. Yeah, check her out. Um, but so let's dive in real quick. So milfs, milfs, yeah, right. Who doesn't love milfs, right? <laughs> Moms into lifting and fitness, not the other one. You guys, get your head out. I'll be honest. Maybe it's a little bit of both. It's sure, a, why not? It's a little I mean, bit of both. You, you might be making some. You might, you might be creating them. Um, but so, talk to me about that. Like, what prompted you to to go into that? I'll be honest. I'm trying to remember where the name came from, and I think it was just from being really doggone tired. Yeah. But um, when I first came to training, I had no idea the demographic I wanted to work in, and gotcha. somehow it turned into most of my clients being women, a lot of them postpartum or even like post-divorce, and it was they were trying to discover who they were. Yeah. And most of the time, they've been told in fitness like. Yo, if you if you lift heavy, you're gonna look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, which right. is a myth. It is complete false. So we just talked. I just <laughs> talked about this with Lindsay. I think we were talking the, the one just before you. We were talking about that. Like, yo, if you you're not gonna turn into Annie Thor's daughter. You have to try really hard. And by saying you're gonna turn into him, you're not giving them nearly enough credit. No. Do you, do you know who Annie Thor's daughter is? Let, let's give her. Let's see. Annie Thor's daughter. Uh, was like the CrossFit champ oh. for forever. Yeah, she's. I mean, let's be real. Like your last name is daughter of Thor. There you go. Usually, if there's a a daughter, Thorn. Oh yeah, you mean you mean my my twenty minutes of <laughs> yeah Pilates yes. won't get me there. Your your nothing against Pilates. Your, your one hour of CrossFit is gonna turn turn you into these women yeah no that that's no not gonna happen it's not gonna happen you gotta train you gotta train three to four hours a day get 10 hours of sleep consume 3,000 calories and lift really freaking heavy for longer than a month yeah for (laughs) years right so yeah no you're not gonna get you're not gonna turn into turn into you're not gonna turn all bulky and i think that's where most of my clients have been surprised where i'm like hey you're gonna do this thing they're like are you sure like no no trust me trust the process yeah um one of my clients say that all the time to people like trust the process yeah Uh, one of my clients sarah when she first saw me um just the same sarah we know same sarah we know okay she initially like she was doing pilates she's working out occasionally um i created this program for her and given like this is gonna sound completely chaotic but I was like, okay, week one, we're going to do 15 banded pull-ups. And she looked at me like, excuse me, who, 
why am I here? I was like, yeah. you're going to do it. Yeah. And I said, you're going to deadlift barbells. And she just looked at me like, there's no way. Insert all the profanity here. And here we are like a year later. And if I tell her like, oh, maybe we should weigh down. She's like, don't even touch that bar. Right. If I like try to, you know, spot her for a bench, she's like, don't touch the bar. Don't touch the bar. Right. And it's been so cool to see her transformation from, oh, I just want to tone to, I want to pick up this big weight right. and do it with proper form. Like that, ooh, that's even better with well, the beautiful form. I mean, I'm more impressed by somebody who can do 225 pounds on it, like a guy who can do 225 pounds deadlifting perfect form than the guy who deadlifted 700 pounds and looks like he's about to pop a vein out of his head and shoot a disc out the back we call that dog pooping yeah. if you look like a dog pooping while doing these movements you should probably take a step back right well and i think what's really cool about this story about sarah is that um and i see this you see this all the time with especially because my my so for the last gosh Am I 40? I am 40. So for the, for the last 12, yeah, the last 12 years, my weightlifting experience has been centered around CrossFit. My fitness has all been centered around CrossFit. I used to compete, you know, on a local level. I was never like regional guy or anything like that. But what was interesting, you would always see people, and there's something very intimidating. CrossFit can be intimidating. The gym can be intimidating. Absolutely. Especially when you walk into like either a CrossFit gym or a Globo gym and you see like, perfect perfect bodies slinging heavy weight and you're like wait oh oh there's a like a there's a there's like a dress code like there's a way that everybody here dresses and i am not it right like it's the dad wearing like the 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 shorts below his knees and the new balances like the big old baggy shorts from the 90s and he's got the shirt that he mows the lawn in, right and he shows up and he's like oh shoot like that can be intimidating right and they don't have to be in the gear but just creating a picture, right? Or the guy who comes to CrossFit and it's like, yeah, I don't really want to take my shirt off and work out with you guys right now, right? And people are grunting and dropping weight. That can be really intimidating. But what's interesting to see is after a few times and with really cool support, CrossFit's an, an unbelievable community of people. And with really great support, seeing the confidence change. What you're talking about with Sarah, like she's like, don't touch that bar. <laughs> I got this. I love it. I love it. And it's so exciting to see that um, and to throw this card out there, especially like women entering into the gym. Yes. Women, the idea yeah. of like when you're new to the gym, when you're uncomfortable, one, you're told that you need to tone and define, which feelings against that. But well, then you'd like dive going, into those. <laughs> what feelings do you have on that? And yes, it's just limiting it's, people. It's, We're it's being so limited. It's a podcast, by, so be spicy. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, you, you, spice is you, coming get, out. you get to be spicy. <laughs> Throw some of that uh, wasabi. Is that racist? Throw some wasabi on there. We'll take wasabi. All I right. can't eat it because it's too spicy for me. But you know, uh, I'll I'll throw it out there. Okay. Um, there's, and a part of it is marketing. So I'm I'm fascinated when it comes to marketing towards, you know, in the fitness space and nutrition. But women are often told you need to tone, you need to define. We're going to target your core. And it's like, we have the modern day science and research to show like, one, all of these most popular programs are out there are all, it's total crap. Like what most people, <laughs> what most people need is strength training, Sure. but you have to almost like rename it to, okay, we're going to tone. We're going to find like, no, call it what it is. Call it strength training. And, it is strength training. If you want to train your core, like do more than just a seven minute ab workout. Like let's get you to be like, let's get you to squat. Let's get you to hinge. Like. Yeah. We can train your core 
but let's do it in a more intentional way. And then let's fix your diet. Let's let's fix your diet. Let's fix your relationship with fitness. Let's yeah. And that's been the biggest thing is I feel like sometimes I I borderline into a therapist and I'm like, yo, skip a practice. Like let's refer you out if needed. We all do. We all do. But, but it's, it's making them feel safe and heard. But well, and I think yeah. your, I think your other point is right. You have right. You have to tone. You have to do this right. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. What do you want to do? What makes you feel good? Like what if uh, the biggest annoyance was most of my clients that I meet coming on, they're like, I do, I run. Okay. Do you like running? No, I hate it, but I heard it's the best way to burn calories. Yeah. You know, the best way to burn calories is by doing cardio. You actually enjoy. So if Zumba makes your heart sing, you go to that Zumba class. You shake and you, and you shake those hips. You, you shake it. When it comes to cycle, I absolutely love indoor cycling. I have so much fun with it. But I know that's not everyone's thing. No, I can't think of anything I would rather do less. You stick me in a room with a bike and like loud music and crazy lights. Like, oh my gosh, I am here. Uh, I'm... I am a psycho on a bike. See, and, and I love that for you. I love that journey for you. But but I don't, but you put me in a room full of crazy screaming women and somebody <laughs> on a microphone with lights that are going to put me into an epileptic seizure. I want to punch somebody in the face. See, that's not the cardio for you. Like <laughs> no. you got to find what you like. Not just like, this is going to make you the most toned and defined. Like, okay, what's going to make you the most consistent, right? Consistency. No. That is sexy. 100%. And I think like for me, like, yeah. Car- so my cardio, I love hiking. I love, I love backpacking. I love hiking. I love rucking. In love Arizona, it's like a thousand degrees. No, it's amazing. <laughs> I, you go in the morning, but we have, you know, uh, the other half of the year, but I love it. And, and that's where I get, that's where I get my cardio. I'd rather play basketball, right? I'd rather do a million other things. And there's, and that's the thing. There's plenty of stuff there's to so do. There's so many options. Pickleball. Go play pickleball. I love pickleball. I'm an old man now. I play pickleball. Like, Even like walking, people underestimate like going on a good intentional walk. Don't sleep on walking. Like walking was a huge part of my recovery post C-section. Yeah. Like just getting used to walking. People underestimate whether it's like a 15 minute gratitude walk yeah. or you go for a little bit longer. My dogs, they appreciate it. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and to back to your point about like the lifting, the lifting piece for women, I will tell you this right now. I don't care who you are. Man, woman, child, doesn't matter. There is nothing that will make you put a bigger smile on your face than deadlifting heavier weight than you've ever lifted before and just satisfyingly dropping it and walking away. It's such, oh, it's so empowering. It is so, oh. Yeah, deadlift day is amazing. I'll be honest. Uh, there's, I think we have a few photos of me like near crying from being like so happy. After a deadlift? After a deadlift. You get that happy cry right now. I'm trying to get my bench up and like just that feeling of I pushed that bar. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it is really cool. It's very there's empowering. A whole, there's a whole metaphor there, right? Like lifting something heavy, being able to do something you didn't think you could do. And you're like, if I can lift this heavy thing, I can lift whatever heavy burden or whatever I'm dealing with in life, right? think that's a big piece of why people enjoy weightlifting well it's funny because that that actually ties into a huge misconception you walk into the gym and you think this is a museum of perfect beautiful people <laughs> and i guarantee you a, a lot of us are anxious and depressed and this is how we're managing our mental health everybody's broken we're, we're all little we're all a little jacked up and that's okay do you follow jacked memes 
No shit. Yes. I, I just recommended this to somebody else. Like Jack means one of my, they posted one one time. And it was like, no, thanks. There's some guy like being like, no, he has hands up. And he's like, no, thank you. No pre-workout for me. Just, uh, just insecurities and depression. only. <laughs> I feel personally attacked. I'll take a little <laughs> bit of pre-workout with, you know, my insecurities. Yeah, no, the caffeine, caffeine helps it go down. Uh, so yeah. So you were talking about that, you know, the MILF and you didn't know what demographic you were trying to work with. And, yeah. and so you sort of fell into, I mean, you kind of got off on the story about Sarah and I'm just bringing it back around. Yeah. This, this is mom brain in case you ever wondered what it's like. We get distracted. We call this a callback. It happens. Um, so I wasn't really sure what to work with. I mean, I, I'd worked with a variety of people. I liked mm. the idea of group fit. I thought at first, like, oh, I just want to run people through hard workouts that make them vomit. You know, the typical Jillian Michaels type of trainer, which doesn't not necessarily what people, there's a difference between working out and training, right? A huge difference. Yeah. And, um, I originally, I was certified. I would say like my certifications are probably alphabet soup at this point, but sure. my main one was CFSC. So f- functional certified functional strength movement with Mike Boyle. And I learned a lot about understanding like the functional movement patterns and then kind of building upon that at the different gyms I worked at. And I found that I liked working with women the most just because I could relate to them the most. So I guess background on me was originally when I had gotten into fitness, it was just a place of boredom. So like I had been going to school, I worked out because there was nothing to do in Rexburg, Idaho, other than, you know, yeah, if you've never Nothing been if you've never been to Rexburg, Idaho, Rexburg, Idaho is middle of nowhere, Idaho. It's not that even that far out of Idaho Falls, right? But it's still it's it's still middle of nowhere. It's still middle of nowhere and it's really f- shockingly flat. It it gets really cold. Yeah, so it's shockingly flat. Like during the summer we'd go bridge jumping, which Yeah. Uh, 10 out of 10 don't recommend for me again because I face planted pretty hard. It's a great video. <laughs> um, but other than that, like when it snowed, when it got cold, it was yeah. like, okay, we're just going to, I guess, go to the gym because yeah. there's nothing else to do. So I sure. would go with my friends, go work out, then end up moving to Utah. Same idea. Go to the gym, go work out. Right. Got a job at what's called Vasa Fitness as front desk, was trained for OM, ended up leaving, moved out to Arizona, trained for Vasa Fitness again, was training for OM again. Gotcha. And my area director was like, you know what? You wouldn't make a really good OM, but if you get certified in a month, then OM, we'll make you a trainer. OM is... Oh, sorry. Operations manager. Gotcha. Sorry. Which um, was a really good thing that did not work out because my husband is the logical one. I should not be trusted with numbers. So um, even though I had negative feelings, you're, shout out to Vasa so, for so, redirecting. So, so you're, the, you're, you're the visionary. He's the implementer. Uh, he does everything, and I just, you know, I hype him up, and I fill in the gaps. You're the hype. You're the, I'm yeah. the hype. Everybody, need hype. everybody needs a hype man. <laughs> we're, we're still working out the responsibilities on the business side, but um, I had come into training, was kind of thrown into it, and noticed that I liked kind of helping women more. And the whole reason where I felt most connected to them was fitness was something I could refer to postpartum. So You also didn't have to worry about your clients trying to date you, right? I Mm, there were some sometimes all right well yeah you never know i forget it's brave new world it's uh, you never know what you're gonna get in training and i'll be honest because of the utah mentality sometimes i can't tell if people are being friendly or not gotcha. it, it doesn't click in my head but you know whatever makes you happy all right so with um with my son sorry we're all over the place That's um okay. with my son i had really bad postpartum depression like it was awful um, which that's way under talked about. Like that's a real thing. No one talks about postpartum depression. No one par- talks about postpartum anxiety. And like, I'm already an anxious person, sure. but it was to a whole other level. And so I would get about 45 minutes 
to where I could just focus on myself. And even though like, yes, given my training was Which all over huge. the place, it is huge. When you do, when you have a kid, a new baby, like 45 minutes alone. And not feeling mom guilt over it. Like right. that's that, hard. That's it's a whole, that's a whole different level. That's a whole different level. I could, I have lots of feelings on this, but we're going to try to be direct in this. Um, fitness was how I kind of discovered who I was again, felt like my body was my own again. Cause when you have a baby attached to you, you, yeah. you feel like you, people don't see you. They see your kid. Right. And so try to touch I, your stomach when you're like, don't touch people's stomach. Although Pe- if, if someone does touch your stomach when you're pregnant, just touch their stomach right back. Guarantee you everyone will feel uncomfortable. Be like, you think this is weird? Oh, that's the funny. You think this is weird? Don't do it to me. I am going to tell my wife to do that the next time. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can. <laughs> sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Like I had a weird like morning ritual with one of my old coworkers where we would just, just rub each other's bellies in the morning. And soul gaze. Just stare into each other's just eyes. stare really oh, dope. Really deep. So uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. You just got to own the awkward. You just yeah, got to own it. That's so funny. So, sorry. We keep getting distracted. Um, so, with my son, I, I trained, but I trained the wrong way. Discovered fitness, became a trainer, yeah. and became connected to physical therapists and actually studied more about body mechanics to where I was like, wow, I realized everything that I did wrong. Yeah. And so, I'd created like a version one of a postpartum program oh, cool. when I was working with company called Fun, a Funk Fit. Now, did you work with... Um did you work with women, like physical therapists who were specific to pelvic floor health, postpartum? Not yet. I'm still tr- I'm still kind of venturing and there's a lot that I follow online. There's a few like awesome recommendations that you've given me. And since. there's somebody else that I, I, they just actually did a workshop. Oh man, I should have told you about it. They did a workshop here uh, about pelvic floor health and they're actually, she's actually in Chandler. So I'll. I'll pass along. We got to get connected. Her, her card's out there, so I'll pass that along to you. There, See, there's so many. When it comes to women's health, there's so many things to dive into. It's so hard to, like, be be yeah. direct. Yeah. But I will say when it comes to women's health postpartum, sure. there is no education. So, like, yeah. um, I've had two C-sections. Okay. With the second one, um, Luis was, I remember, he was an absolute shock of how quick they had me get out of bed after surgery and had me start walking, which, you know, medically they're supposed to, you need to move around. Otherwise you increase your risk of pneumonia, I believe. Blood and clots, blood clots, all that stuff. Plus so like, you just should move. Plus it benefits you to move. You don't <laughs> want to get rusty. So he was, he was surprised to see how quick I was walking, but even more surprised to find out that postpartum, you get maybe one max two visits and they're like, go on your way. Yeah. Like even if they, you know, they cut through seven layers of you, you have your, your two week visit. If you're lucky, maybe a four to six week visit. I'm like, yeah, sutures look good. Everything looks like it healed up nice scar. Oh, look at me. Pat myself on the back. What a good job I did. And they're like, go, go on your way. There's yeah. no, I really wish there, and I hope it's getting better. I wish there was a better connection between doctors, physical therapists and personal trainers because I mean, we're working out right now. We're, we're talking and I think that's huge. But even there's some I've doctors got, out there. That I've got my own thoughts on that. <laughs> I don't know. There's a whole lot of doctors that listen to this anyway, but I'm going to say it. You got to communicate with the people that take care of that, that are actually in the trenches with your people. That's what's frustrating. That is what's been the biggest frustration for me is with healthcare, And I'm sure it's the same in, in women's health and postpartum, but in orthopedics and sports and outpatient, it's, it's such a pissing contest. It's such a, I'm the, 
you know, and everybody's got an ego, right? Everybody's got an ego. And I'm like, look, dude, I'm not going to tell you how to do surgery. Okay. I'm not going to tell you how to do surgery. I'm, and I, and I know when I need to send somebody to you for surgery, but dude, don't sit here and tell me when I'm with this guy and I'm the one who's actually watching him move and I'm the one that's in it with him like all the time after surgery, like if, if I'm, if I'm, if you don't shut me out, let us communicate, right? Let me tell you what I'm seeing. Let me tell you, you tell me how the surgery went, what you did and let's work together on this. And then bridging the gap, like me and Z were talking, my friend Ziad, we were talking about ACL. And the problem is, is there's nothing to bridge the gap really from physical therapy to return to sport, at least in the big mill outpatient ortho clinics. I'm not going to say any names. Um, but if you feel personally attacked, that may be a sign to kind of look inward, you know, like, (laughs) like, like bait, like Ryan's Never mind, I'm not going to do it, but, but there's a big disconnect, but there's a huge disconnect, right? Because a lot of them don't know how to bridge that gap, right? And and then also, a lot of times we get personal trainers who don't know what the heck happened prior to them showing up there, right? And they don't understand the surgical process through the rehab process into this, right? And there's so much of this within PTs. PTs do the same thing that freaking... They do the messy. same. They do the same thing to personal trainers and athletic trainers that freaking... MDs and DOs do to us. It's a messy cycle. And like, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's, it's the same thing that happens in families, right? Like, like if you got multiple kids, me, so I'm the one, two, three, I'm, I'm the fourth boy out of five. Right. So guess what? Like number one, beat up on number two, number one and two beat up on number three, number three. He's finally old enough. He's got one younger than him. Number one, two and three, get a beat up on number four. Right. And like, but that's sort of how that pe- and it just becomes this thing where rather than like the actual good of the patient and I'm sorry I totally took away from what the point you were trying to make. But oh this no, is, you're good. This is a hill I'm willing. I'm yeah, I'm planting my flag. Like, just talk and communicate. It's and, huge. It doesn't take away from your credibility. If anything, it builds your credibility. Of hey, I'm the expert on this. Let's get the expert on this and let's get you the best possible care. Yeah. And tying and into women's health, it's it's. I feel like until recently, when we come to an issue of like, hey, I'm struggling with this, we're just called, oh, you're crazy or you're dramatic. And then months later, it's like, oh, by the way, you have endometriosis or you have PCOS. Yeah. And it's the the crazy card gets thrown out, which given like, I know I'm a little crazy. No, you're great. But also there's there's some things that should be taken with validity. And with women, they're just told like, okay, go heal, go take care of this other body, but also don't pretend, like, pretend like your your body isn't completely recovering from a huge, it, it is a trauma. <laughs> yeah, it, let's um, not pretend that your body wasn't turned into a crime scene a few weeks ago. Like, you're not adjusting from a crazy hormonal influx. We're just going to call you crazy, say get over it. I it's, had, yeah, uh, I had this exact same conversation. <laughs> well, a couple things. First of all, want to just say appreciate both you and Luis and the relationship that we've been able to create and, and working together and communicating on behalf of like your guys's clients and then becoming patients here, but making sure that that relationship works right for the patient, right? There's no ego here. I don't care. 
Like, and you don't care. You're like, hey, yeah, can you tell me? Oh, cool. That's interesting. I didn't know that, right? And we work together on this stuff. It's awesome. Um, what was, dang it. I just lost, I was, had something else. I was going to, what did you say before that? Oh, shoot. Oh, no. We both need caffeine now. <laughs> <laughs> There's some in the fridge. Um, if you need some, there is some in the see. fridge. Anyway, uh, oh, yeah, the hormonal thing. So I was, yeah, having this con- yeah, I was having this conversation with my, with, I actually had this conversation with my wife and I had it with somebody else right after our son Porter was born. And I was like, Hey, I go, what? Like, of course things are, of course you're going to have a hard time. Like, of course it's going to be a little bit rough after having a kid. I said for nine months, your hormone profile went bananas, just totally radically changed. And then you had like this thing, this person, this human growing inside of you and your body totally radically changed, right? You're like your pelvis and your hips, like, opened up you got flooded with elastin like your whole body just went totally different hormones went totally different brain nervous system totally different and then all of a sudden whether you had a c-section or not right all of a sudden in like the blink of an eye it's over and all of a sudden your body is left to recover from whatever trauma you suffered during birth oh yeah and by the way we're gonna jerk around with your hormones again and we're gonna make them go the other way and oh Oh, they, they may not actually be normal again after, like they may not go back to what they were before. Oh yeah. And then there's also a whole bunch of other stuff that may happen like scarring, or you may have, you know, you may have had some, some tearing, right. Or like, but you know, all the things, but you know, like, Oh, just suck it up. Yeah. We got like, okay. Oh yeah. No, the scar looks amazing. I did a fabulous job sewing that up. Um, yeah, you walked in here. So yeah. But, you know, if someone like ripped, ripped a bicep, they would be, you know, babying it. Like, make sure you take yeah. care of it. Yeah. When it's women, it's like this gnarly procedure. And they're like, okay, well, you're good. Yeah. No you can kid. leave. Right? <laughs> like, it's so crazy. And, and, and this group that I'm a part of, um, shout out to the PT Biz Mastermind, Danny, Eve, Jared. But those guys, uh, there are so many pelvic floor postpartum women's health therapists that are a part of this group. And so it's really been interesting for me to learn as I've watched their social media stuff and everything that goes along with that. You know, one of the things that I get asked about a lot and I don't I'm like, yeah, it's, I, I know, I know a bit about it, but not, I always am like, yeah, we should have you go work with somebody else. <laughs> but like diastasis, I mean, I don't know how many do, do they check for diastasis recti at your, at your follow-up? I want to say, because I, I will say, my OBGYN, or he was diastasis awesome. Or, diastasis recti. Yeah. I would definitely go to him again. 10 out of 10, recommend him. Who, who, um, who was it? Greg Layton. Oh. Greg Layton. Okay. He works, does he work in uh, Dr. Beck's practice? I, I can't remember. I just know he was Banner Gateway. Yeah, there's like there's like, there's like two dudes that deliver ha- like all the babies in Mesa and Gilbert. I think he's Dr. Layton. I think he's Dr. Beck. He, he was phenomenal. He yeah, was very awesome. attentive. And when I told him I wanted to weight lift throughout my pregnancy, he was like, go for it. Yeah. Which like green flag 100% if your doctor is supportive of you still maintain movement as long as it's safe. But yeah, as long as it's safe, like as, as long, as, long as you're not like a high risk pregnancy, you should be able to maintain um, you know, pregnancy is not necessarily a time to improve your fitness, but if it's, uh, but, but if you are, and uh, maybe like, I'm not saying like, Oh shoot, I'm going to start trying to train for a marathon, but you can start moving. Yeah. Moving in any way, but you should move as much as like, if you had a certain level of fitness before you can maintain that same level of fitness through the whole thing. One of my clients I actually just saw her today. She is 10 days post C-section. She is killing it. And we trained, I want to say up until 
a week before she was induced. Right, but she was doing that before she got pregnant, right? She, she was, was training with a you. little bit less active prior oh, okay. to training with me. Then I want to say she tried training with me at five months pregnant. Oh, sick! One and like she was able to. I stand corrected. It, it was awesome. And yeah. like given she had had a CrossFit background, it just had been a while. She wasn't yeah. like super consistent with it, but she was able to Im- increase her mobility within a safe range. Yeah. Um, she didn't put on too much weight because that was one of their worries was her being at high risk for um, gestational, diabetes. gestational diabetes. And she was still able to do, you know, hip thrusts in order to bring her hips up for right before sure. delivery. Like yeah. she was, she was working it. So That's you awesome. can, she was able to improve her health and yeah. maintain certain things. But I mean with, so back to the DR, yeah. um, they checked it. I want to say at the last appointment, checked the scar and everything. And that was about it. It didn't, they didn't really educate on like how to properly brace the core okay. and you hear a little bit about coning, but no one really talks about coning. And if you're wondering what coning is, literally your belly looks like a cone head because it's not able to brace the proper way. So it's just kind of, you're, you're squishing instead of hugging the baby. You're, you know, so looking my, like you got a hernia. So my, f- uh, friend Brooke Miller. Oh, she's awesome. Oh, did I, did you start, did I tell you about her? You, you told found, me about her. Oh, okay. So she's she, so great. So she just did a thing on postpartum. Pl- did you see her post on postpartum planks? Where she actually, I'm sh- nodding. Sorry, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. It's where she showed the like the coning stuff. Yeah, no, it was phenomenal. Yeah, and those resources are super available. Like those women are out there. There, and that's a big difference between. I mean, given I am a certified personal trainer, and sure. I, I will stand by that. But I also recommend you follow physical therapists. So Brooke Miller has been a really big one. Um, <laughs> her name is the Vagina Doctor. Yep. That's not a bad word. It's anatomical. No, she's here um, in town. Oh, I want to meet the her. vagina. Well, there's the vagina doc. She's bl- is it blonde? She's blonde. No. Oh. oh I but I will. I will also. I mean, I'll meet her as well. Yeah. And I mean, there's Jen Morgan. There's lots of there's lots of PTs that are Wait. making their way on Instagram. So you'd be surprised how many free resources are online. The vagina doctor. Vagina doc. Doc or doctor. I think. It, hold on. So the vagina doc, Jocelyn. This 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 woman. No, so but that's the vagina I, doc. She's great too. I'm I'm realizing now how many. There's a lot um, of vagina doctors there, out there. I I follow a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. We got Dr. Emily OBGYN, or we got this other. Her name is Dr. Janelle Howell. Oh, okay, cool. So Don't she is a DR of pelvic, a pelvic physical therapy, cool. serving radical vag health education. There you go. So she is freaking hilarious. Yeah. But I mean, there's lots of resources online. And so I actually ended up going to Arizona um, oh, just yeah. to check them out. Uh huh. She's got a yeah. They have a pelvic floor therapist there. They have really get, great Dr. therapists. Kat, right? There. I think so. I think I want to say she's on maternity leave right now. Okay. Which, yeah. Love that for her. If she's if people are able to take maternity leave, take it. Also, if you're listening, I was I, I reached I reached out on Instagram to try to get you on the podcast, Doctor Cat. Hint. So <laughs> it may have gone to your request, and you may not have seen it. So check it out. Yeah, please open your request. So I went to them and we're about to we're about to talk a little bit TMI about me. So if that makes you uncomfortable, go ahead, click out. This, or, is, your, this is your trigger warning. Or I mean, like or you can get over it because it's anatomy. I think this <laughs> needs to be a more normalized conversation. Sure. So I've always struggled with like pelvic pain okay. to where it's just been normal. 
Um, yes. I get gnarly periods. It's just it's shouldn't, a thing. Shouldn't be normal, but okay. Sorry, it's common. It should not be normal. That's yeah. a, that's a distinction I need to be that's better about. That's a huge making. distinction, right? Because so, like, yeah, pelvic pelvic pain is not normal. It's not normal. Pain is a sign of the body being like, uh, yo, what's happening? Yeah, like pelvic pain is not normal. Painful sex shouldn't be normal. Like. Like these are these are common. It, common is not normal. Incontinence, pee in your pants on a run after having kids, that happens, but is fixable. Like like anyway. we were saying, Luis and I were talking yesterday. You should not pee your pants with a heavy deadlift. If you're peeing your pants, please see a pelvic floor specialist. Boom. Boom. Um, so you were saying sorry. Sorry. So, so I I'd, I'd see them. I had struggled with pelvic pain. I just thought it was like okay, this is a thing in my life. When I've talked to doctors about it in the past, and when I say just doctor doctors, um, they don't make a thing of it. So I end up seeing Arizona, um, check them out, and they did what's called an internal evaluation. Yeah. So you can't just look at someone and be like, "Yep, your pelvic floor is trash." Like they have to do an internal exam. No, which you got you got a glove up. They got a glove up, and they were very very mindful of it. They were very. They made you as comfortable as you could be as someone's doing that type of exam on you, but. Um, they had confirmed like one, you have a super tight pelvic floor, which I was like, oh, yeah, I something. I was so like, 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 hi like hypertonic, like hypertonic, like, like too active a pelvic floor yeah. or like actual like muscle contraction shortness. So it was super tight and super inflamed. Okay. So yeah. So you had like, so a, we're all like, like an overactive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause people, th there's hypotonic and there's hypertonic yeah. and there's a blanket statement that everybody needs Kegels. Do Kegels. Are you doing your Kegels? I'm oh. Oprah about the Kegels. No, no, no. Now, Kegels can actually make the issue so much worse. So much worse so if you're like, hypertonic, yeah. If you think of the pelvic floor, pelvic floor function. So, I mean, you have um, urination, bowel movements, and then the sexual function. Yep. So, it is possible, yes, with childbirth to become, have a looser pelvic floor. I don't love that statement, but it is possible for it to become weak and... You know, that's where the urinary continence comes, bowel mm -hmm. movements. But there's also the reverse, which is it gets too tight. And the crazy thing is they have a lot of the same exact symptoms. So you can still technically pee your pants yeah. when you're too tight. You can still have uh, you can still have pelvic pain, sexual dysfunction. But if you're blanket statement, you won't know any better. So there's actually a lot of people that are more than likely being told do Kegels, making the issue worse. Yeah. Well, and, and, and sorry. No, totally cool. <laughs> um, to your point, the thing is, though, like once you've suffered, so with back pain, right? Like anytime you have trauma, your body has one of two responses. It's either, hey, everybody shut off. We're not doing, we're not working anymore, right? We're in pain. Let's just make this as difficult as possible for them to, to put us into more pain, right? So muscle shut down. You have, you have knee trauma or you have a knee surgery. Your quad is like goes to sleep. It's sleepy time. Your quad doesn't work anymore, right? But like if anybody who's hurt their back and has had like spasms, right? Then your back is spasming, right? And they put you on like a muscle relaxer or do something to try to mellow that out. Same principle. You have, you pass a bowling ball through your vagina. like Or your body at least preps to pass a bowling yeah, ball. Yeah, right? Or you have surgery to remove a C-section, right? Like, yeah. Or you have a bowling ball sitting on your pelvic floor for nine months then yeah, that's trauma. And so yes, your pelvic floor, the muscles of your pelvic floor are going to, and it's super, it's complicated. There's a lot of muscles. There's a lot going on. And so yeah, your muscles, they're going to do a couple things. They may have gotten stretched out and then never rebounded because they became super inhibited, right? They shut off. Or like you said, they got way too overactive because they're now they're trying to protect you. 
it, it's fun. I'm just anxious all over. It's great. <laughs> but uh, but it is manageable. And that's something that people, and so they just kind of accept like, oh, my body's ruined. And your body is not ruined. The whole, with the coming of the MILF, it is your body is what you make of it. There may be some like uncontrollables, like you may have a bad back, you may have a bad knee, but it doesn't mean like you won't be able to do anything. So you may have a weaker pelvic floor or you may have a dysfunction within the pelvic floor, but it doesn't mean it's beyond fixing. No, no. No matter what your age is. One of my clients, she's had eight kids. It's about a decade after she's had them and we're working on strengthening her core. It doesn't mean, oh, it's too late for you. And like, no, this is, start. Just start. Start where you're at. So what was the, so did you complete a treatment plan, a plan of care with them or would you just go do the exam? And I then- did the exam and I took, I took what they, well, I was just like, tell me everything. I want to understand your brain. Yeah. Um, so I took what they applied and one of the big things I've been working towards is diaphragmic breathing, Yeah. which another um, physical therapist that we work with, he's all about breathing, wrote the book about breathing. Um, and learning how to relax and how to calm down. So like if you think of a typical Kegel, um, the idea is you think of the muscles that you, and by the way, men, you also have pelvic floor muscles, just so so you know. So for dudes, if you've ever had to flip and zip in the middle of peeing, you've been going pee and all of a sudden you're like, oh no crap, gotta stop, stop the stream, stop the flow, flip and zip, that is is your Kegel. Isn't that great? So everyone can benefit from knowing about your pelvic floor. But I know nothing about men. So I'm going to speak to women yeah, right speak now. speak to women. Um, so when it comes to women, typically that same muscle you use to stop a urine stream, you want to think about creating that tension without squeezing the booty, squeezing the quads. You want to just focus on that. And then from there, slowly lift up level by level. You should be able to talk through it. For all you know, I could be doing it right now. It's sure. a fun little secret. Yeah. And the idea behind reverse Kegel is the opposite, is releasing that tension. Yeah. And so during that first session I did with Arizona, they were helping me learn how to breathe in a different way and also release the tension. Interesting. It, it was so mind-blowing. So, so what, what it was opposite. So what told. kind of cue would they give you to go the opposite? So like I said, we're doing TMI. It was more of like thinking about relaxing, Relaxing those booty muscles, relaxing the vagina. Because you think about how tight it is. If you know how to do a Kegel, yeah. and it's the opposite of kind of just pushing down without to the point where you're going to poop your pants. Gotcha. And so, like, I had to be really mindful of, like, when you breathe, what was it? When I breathe in, you're supposed to release the tension. So, it's a weird, it's a weird sensation of that, like, kind of pressure. And I, even, like, whenever I do it, I realize, like, wow, I'm creating so much tightness. And... Uh, to, to give you an example, in case you're like, I'm not connecting with this. So yeah. think about throughout the day, if there's anyone that like clenches their jaw. Sure. So it's that same idea of like, okay, release the tension in your jaw, release the tension in your shoulders of like, wow, I didn't realize oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. how constantly tight I am. That's interesting. So yeah, if you, if you have a hypertonic or a hyperactive pelvic floor, you would really notice if you were able to let go. Yeah. It, and given I'm, it's, it's only been a couple months, but even... Sure. That I've noticed like a big difference. I'm, I'm still working on managing pelvic pain yeah. and I'm not saying this is just how I am, but it's yeah. whoever is out there thinking this therapy or whatever I'm doing isn't working. It's, it's something that takes time sure. and I'm what I'm, I think I'm 28. Am I 28 or 29? I'm 28. I'm 28 years old. So, I mean, I've been dealing with this pain management for years. Sure. I'd given, I did it in the wrong way. So now I'm relearning it. Like. It took time to establish it. It's going to take time to recover, but it doesn't mean I don't hold this cause. So I can still ever, cycle. Did you ever get to a point though where you're like, oh, this is, this is just my life. Like I'm just going to have to deal with this forever. 
Did you ever feel that? I mean, I mean, definitely before I became a trainer, I just accepted like, this is how my body is because when I was like, okay, this hurts. There's something wrong. People like, nah, nah, no, you're just being dramatic. Really? Isn't that awful? So like when I saw a doctor, I'm like, I think there's something wrong. Like maybe I have a cyst. Maybe no, 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 no. You're just being dramatic. You're just being dramatic. So like shout out to Dr. Layden when he performed a C-section, he even said, listen, I'm going to go in. I'm going to clear everything out. I'm going to make sure that's a stronger structure than it was last time. Sure. Like, and that, I mean, that is one of the positivities of being able to have a C-section is sure. say, if you do have something like endometriosis, they are able to kind of clean it out. Sure. But that's where having a quality OBGYN is so important. The first one, I'll be honest, like when I lived in Utah, I saw him for a couple months. He didn't hear me at all. Like he right. was just like, I was a number. He saw more of my baby. He was a very old school compared to the one I had most recently, like Dr. Layden, although he's not like a heavy weightlifter, yeah. he did make sure my voice was heard. And when it comes to having a trainer, when it comes to having a doctor, physical therapist, that's the biggest thing to look for is, is your voice being heard and acknowledged? Yeah. I mean, given they're going to call you out on your crap. Well, for sure. But no, I tell people all the time, I'm like, look, what, well, a couple of things we talk about. I talk about with people all the time. I say, so what? They'll be like, a lot of times they'll call me like, yeah, I need to get some physical therapy. My, my shoulder's really hurting. And it's like, okay, cool. Tell me more about that. They're like, well, it hurts when I do this. And I'm like, what's that like for you? That's a question I ask people all the time. Like, what's that like for you? Oh, it really sucks. (laughs) Yeah, it does sound like it sucks. Then they keep talking. Right. And all of a sudden, because nobody's nobody. And here's the thing. If your doctor is not trying to really understand the emotions behind what you're what's going on then you might need to look into finding somebody else because there's a big why there's a reason you called that doctor there's a reason you called that trainer there's a reason and if they're not on board with whatever that reason is and if they can't connect to that reason then we got a problem you're not going to get the you're not you're not going to get out of the relationship what you want out of the relationship and so yeah people call me not because you have shoulder pain People call me because I've got shoulder pain and guess what? Golf is my life and it's how I connect with my dad and I'm not able to play golf with my dad anymore. And my dad's only got like 10 years left on planet earth, right? Or man, my knee really hurts, but it's not that my knee hurts. It's that my knee really hurts and it makes it really hard to coach my kids soccer practice and go play soccer with my son. And that's a really cool thing that we do together, right? There's, there's more to it than that. And then there's people who are like, yeah, my knee really hurts and I'm trying to actually like go backpack this place and I really want to compete and I really want to squat 600 pounds. Cool. Let's do that. Right. But yeah, they got to connect with your goals. It's not about what I want. My goals are your goals. That's how you can tell that you're, you are a coach at heart because you understanding the why and like, it doesn't matter what they're doing. I know there's a book about it. I need to read it. Um, start with why start with Simon why. Sinek. Yeah, it's amazing. I, 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 so I haven't read it yet. I started a little bit of it, but yeah, no, I've heard it's, it's, it's on my, I've got a list a mile long. It just keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> but so, you're saying un- understanding the why changes everything. Like if someone has an, uh, an aesthetic viewpoint versus a health related viewpoint versus yeah. a performance, like those are all different and yeah, it could be a mix of everything, sure. but it's interesting how many people come in there like, Oh yeah, I, I just want to work out like, okay, well why? Like, Oh, well I, I want to fit into these skinny jeans. Okay. Well why? Yeah. 
okay, I don't feel confident and it's affecting my marriage. Like, okay, now we got to a deep seated issue of not only, okay, why are you coming here? Now I know how to coach you, but I also know how to help you stay dedicated when the motivation is gone because motivation is a very temporary thing. Yep. Um, I guarantee you as much as people are like, oh my gosh, you're so motivated. I'm not motivated. I posted about that this <laughs> week. Uh, I did it only on TikTok though. Uh, yeah, it was that I didn't want to go this morning, like the earlier in this week, but I got here and it wasn't motivation, man. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was my why that got me out of bed. It didn't, I wasn't motivated. It was why. And it was discipline. It was the, both of those things. The only reason I got out. And, and whys are huge and whys might change. So like the original reason I got into working out first was, I mean, I was bored and I, I want to look pretty cute and, you know, I'd like to find a husband. So I guess I should be fit or something <laughs> versus now. <Right. laughs> I mean, if we're being completely honest, like I said, there was nothing to do in Rexburg. But now my why is this is how I manage my mental health is a huge part of that. It's part of recovery I want to be able to keep up with my kids they're both crazy right and I got to be able to run after them and I I want to be there in the long term so it's whether your why is internal or external like it's it's got to be bigger than every other excuse you have so yeah and and you had said that you know you so you have a like a certification in postpartum training yep, through ACE okay so ACE pre and postnatal health sweet and so you know, there's a whole host of reasons, I'm sure, why women want to get back into into personal, into working out, right, after after they have after they have kids. And so what's for you, you know, and, and I know, look, every every reason is so varied, but as a general rule, what's probably the biggest what's the biggest reason or the kind of you feel like the top reason most women seek out your help? And then two, what's the one thing now those might be totally different right mm -hmm. what's the one thing that women seek you out for and then b what is probably the biggest issue that or not issue but what's the biggest thing that you end up focusing on or trying to correct or fix um with postpartum bodies good question good questions so i mean i'll be completely transparent like i realize how fast I lost the weight and I kind of quote bounce back. I, I did have a quicker transformation my second time I put in the work, but I had a quicker transformation and I know that goes unnoticed. So I know people you are attracted. I had a base. Had it a made base. it easier. Yeah. No, seriously. You, you had metabolic flexibility because you'd already put in the, in the work and the base was there. That's a thing that people don't realize. It's an important factor to consider. Yeah. So like when you look on my page, like I've had an impressive transformation. Sure. I do, I do consider myself athletic. Yeah, Mazel tov. It's so gr it's great. No, you, huge transformation and it went quickly. And that's, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a tip of the cap to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was a slow process from the outside, but are from the inside. But that being said, so they'll see my transformation. Hey, I want to have that transformation too. I hope that they see me as someone who's knowledgeable of like, okay, she's not just going to run me through a workout. Like right. there's, there's a reason why, see, it always comes back to why there's a reason why that she's running me through this. Um, I think the hardest thing with once they're officially over is how much that snapback culture is in their head of, I want to get this weight off fast gotcha. or just feeling comfortable in your body again right. like th with the hormones with the shift like even my hips look different than they used to because they for had sure. to make room for a baby yeah, yeah whether or not the baby came out that way like it still they're had still to make prepped. room and 
letting go of snapback culture of I should be this skinny. I should be at this point. I want to look like this person. And the nasty comparison game that the mental game is the hardest of like, we're going to start slow and we're going to help you feel good. And I, I just talked to one of my clients about this the other day of she felt like her workouts on her own were like there was no point to them because she was distracted. And I told her, like, instead of chasing the feeling of being trashed and being exhausted, I want you to feel energized at the end of your workout. So if by the end of the workout, you feel like you have a little bit more energy or maybe you feel a little happy. Yeah, that's a good freaking workout. That's great. If your hips feel a little bit tight and a lot of it is a mental game of like one, like your workouts are worth it Two, you are worth investing in. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why mom guilt. We we feel bad taking care of ourselves and it's. You have to put that oxygen mask on yourself before you care for others. Right. Otherwise, you're barely treading water. Sure. And I feel like that's as as a woman's coach, there's a lot of, you know, feelings that we talk about. Like your feelings are valid, but it yeah. doesn't like some of those intrusive thoughts, like those are not true. No, no, you got to challenge those. So. That's awesome. Well, and I think it's I think it's important. Like it, it, and you're very right. You touched on it. You know, you're like, yeah, you're a coach at heart, right? There's a difference. There's a difference between having a coach and having a trainer, right? Big those, difference. Those are two wildly different things. And I think, yeah, I think that's super important that for, especially for the postpartum moms out there, right? Like the mental game is, is a huge piece of that battle. There's a huge mental load that <clears throat> goes into being a parent and having all that pressure. And I mean, I'm guilty of this. Louis and I just talked about this of how, you almost feel bad asking for help. Like you feel like you have yeah. to manage everything around you and giving yourself the permission of like, Hey, I need a little bit of help. Yeah. So like, can somebody take care of me? And as a coach, I'm giving that per them that permission of, Hey, let's, let's do something for you. Like you are still your own person outside of being a mom. And I love the title of being a mom. It's such a blessing. It's one of the best titles there is. I'm more than just a mom. Like 100%. there's 100%. And it's okay for me to care for me. Cause yeah. then that means like the more that I'm refilled, I'm not filling from empty cup. I can make my cup overflowing and better care for those around me. Absolutely. So it's either you take time now or you lose time later. And that's the hardest hurdle to step over is the mom guilt and the unrealistic expectations. And I had to very quickly like look at who I was following online and think, is this someone who contributes to my happiness or is this someone that makes me feel worse? And if I have to disconnect, that's okay. Whether it's I'm comparing myself too much or maybe their message just wasn't meant for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Renee, where can all of the future MILFs find future you? Milfs. Anybody looking to be a MILF after they've had their kid and want to get want to get back, want to get their body back, get their mind right, feel empowered, right? Want to work with uh, Coach Renee. Where can they find you on the socials? So I am on Instagram. Uh, my name is really long, so I would say just look in the caption, but it is Renee Ayakoneshi Petinho. Um, I am one half of Build Body Fitness, which is also on Instagram as well as we're on YouTube, a few fun demo videos. Oh, cool. And then we, we're website official. We have yeah. the most beautiful website. Yeah, website is good, and that video is fire. It's popping. It's popping. So we do in-person training um, I also have a PDF of the mama rebuild oh, phase really? one, which is ideal for those who have been approved for exercise. Those who are doing home workouts, you know, 
creating that strong foundation. It's literally the same exact program that I ran myself through. Okay. So it's very much like everyday movement patterns that you do. So if you're someone who, you know, is constantly chasing after their child, picking up a child, cleaning up toys, squatting down to pick up stuff. So if you're a mom. If, yeah. (laughs) If you're a mom. If you're you're a mom with, with a small child. This is for you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Renee, I appreciate you coming in. I appreciate... Luis being a hero and and he's just been in the studio walking around with our our little baby so huge shout out to the partners that support yeah their their mama's postpartum we see you we appreciate you so yeah no but huge shout out I'm glad you guys were able to come down do this I don't know had you been down here but to this spot before once before just once, once before. but it wasn't totally finished up yet so it's, it's looking nice. yeah thank you you guys is, I love you guys as gym it's a vibe. But, all right, so Renee, thanks for coming down, and yeah, have a great weekend. Thanks for having me.